because uh, Mr. Rooster over there is a very mild-mannered, gen gentle type. You don't think I talk loud enough? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you like one of those people that like kind of whisper? Like, I mean, the last time, the last time I had him on, he sat on my couch for like a therapy session, and he just laid there, and we just talked. And I, I moved the mic. I was fully reclined. I moved the mic. I, I moved I the mic at an reclined. angle. At an angle to be closest to his face. I, I was maybe too relaxed. Well, that was just an episode where I said, hey, come over and just talk movies with me. And we didn't read any stories. We just talked about movies, which we've done a couple times. I don't want to do that this time because we're working our way up to episode 200 right now. And this is episode 187. That's so close. 187. Been doing this for four years, Mark. Could you believe that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. <laughs> you seem to believe that all too yeah. easily. So, um, we're going to start this one off uh, uh, in introducing uh, our, our two guests here. Uh, surprise guest, Alley Cat. Stop st stopping in to watch some graduation day. And uh, Mark Rooster over here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Mark. Don't sound so excited. Mark uh, brought over uh, a movie today that we uh, that we all watched together, and and this is something we've done before. Um, we've we've talked about it on the show uh, on your other episodes, where uh, you tend to bring over an obscure '80s horror film of some kind, something that people might not have seen before. I mean, know where you would actually hear about them. They're so yeah, obscure. Yeah, you definitely get some crazy ones. Good. I'm glad to keep you surprised. <laughs> it, I, I mean, it keeps me on my toes, absolutely. They're entertaining, to say the least. Graduation Day is no exception. I think Graduation Day was definitely more fun and more inventive than some of the other ones <laughs> that you've shared. Um, I still think uh, Prom Night 2... Hello, Mary Lou. Hello, Mary, Mary Lou. Lou's is still up yeah. there as like one of my favorites that you've shown me. Oh, it's one of my favorites that I've seen. K Killer Party <laughs> will will haunt my dreams. <laughs> and uh, what's what's the other one that you were talking about earlier? Um, let's see. What, Scream for I help. Think? Scream for help. Yep. <laughs> God. Yeah, another good one. Yeah. Is there any other that I've forgotten about completely? I don't think so. Other than what we've seen at the Mahoning together, I tend to I t those tend to fall out of well, my we brain a little bit. We watch Summer School, which is horror, Summer School horror related. That's right. Yeah, horror adjacent. Um, there were also several several times I went to the Mahoning and saw a bunch of crazy movies I've never seen before with you that also are from the '80s, and those kind of get trapped in my mind in the same location. 
I was like, did that happen out of driving, or did that happen like stoned in my basement? Night of the Creeps. I don't. You hadn't right. seen that before. Night of the Demons. Night of the Creeps. The night of was yeah. uh, was a pretty good night. So today we watched Graduation Day. Ali, cat, any thoughts on Graduation Day? I was disappointed because we actually didn't see anyone graduate. The whole entire thing we were waiting for it Graduation is, Day, and no one graduated. It is a wry smile of a of a title. It was highly entertaining. I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna lie. The it, deaths were very inventive. They were like um, they were like if Mike Myers uh, had a baby with like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Great music. Let's just say that. There's a good five to ten minute, um, just one playing song. Oh, you mean the gangster rock? The gangster rock, yeah. And that had a fun scene where everyone is having a fun skate away time in front of the band, and then a couple of wild kids decide to go and fornicate in the woods, but not fast enough because then then someone comes and then just. All of this is done to the gangster rock. (laughs) Yeah. And then it just, is a it is a nine minute scene where multiple things happen and the same song plays underneath the entire scene. Yeah, you get verse, chorus, verse, chorus, interlude, chorus, solo, interlude, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Right. Done. Right. Yeah. As simple as that. <laughs> Typical Done. radio simple as that. Song. Yeah. Uh, sounds like uh, sounds like <laughs> sounds like I'm listening to that. Uh, that band, what's, which is the one that does Tom Sawyer? <laughs> I don't know that. What's the Tom band that Sawyer? does Tom Sawyer? <laughs> Shit. Fuck, it's the one from I Love You band that they both love so much. Oh, Rush? Rush. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rush, where every song is nine minutes long. And yeah, but that's because there's a bunch of different parts. Multiple things are happening. Whereas the gangster rock is just about three different parts. <laughs> I'm you sure are a science. You. you are a scientist of the gangster rock. I'm, I'm sure you can YouTube the song. You know. I'm sure I don't want to. I'm sure I also think the gangster rock is going to haunt my dreams tonight. I think I'm going to be roller skating, which we all know is bad for my ankles. I was going to say you probably can't and, even do uh, that. And I and I think that I will be forcibly dressed up like a '50s gangster, and I think that that band is going to be in the middle and they're just going to be playing it and I'm just going to be crying as I skate by myself in a circle for eternity. That sounds like hell. There you go. Something to look forward to. It actually does. <laughs> Skating is actually really hard. Whenever you're a kid, you whenever you are a kid and you go to like skate away and you, it's, it's fun and you know, you, but I, I did like roller skating like maybe a year and a half ago. Someone decided to throw a surprise birthday party there. Nah. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Your calves, like, burn. My, yes. I basically just keep the one leg stiff and then pedal with the other like a skateboard, <laughs> except one of my feet is that the, sounds the skateboard. And I've never been able to stop too easily. So yeah, stopping's like always difficult. When I was a, a young little beanpole in, in junior high, I would say that I I was spent, like, almost every weekend, like, either there or at Planet Trog. And uh, that means I was doing a lot of skating and a lot of laser tagging. And uh, I remember just being there all the fucking time. And I was actually pretty good at skating. But yeah, like, now I would probably just die. You you have... (laughs) 
You have problems. <laughs> I have you many have problems. problems. Thank you. Welcome to my show. This is yes. Lots of Pasta, episode 187. I have, I have problems. problems. So we're going to jump into what I'm going to call the lightning round. Um, Alley Cat is going to be uh, both uh, secondary commentary and referee. And referee. If we talk too long, she's going to get us to change uh, change topics because it's supposed okay. to be lightning round. If I don't change us early enough, if we if we seem to get into a discussion, make us Ooh. tell us to stop. Okay. Having a discussion about it. Okay. I'm not sure I understand I, the goal of your. Podcast. I got a bunch of movies here. <laughs> you guys I, have a rather long list. I'm not. I've done a oh list of God. movies I've watched over the last year that I haven't talked about on cue, this show. Cue the sign of like the so CBS point, receipt. I would falling say, on the floor when Mark says, "Oh my God, look at that list." I would say some of these movies date back even to like. I don't know, somewhere somewhere in the early, like, hundreds of this show. Like, I know it's going to seem like we didn't really talk about a lot of these things as they came out, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna work my way. Let's, uh... Yeah, we probably should start from the top, shouldn't we? Well, it depends on what movie's on the top. All right, number one, I'm, I'm going to say this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the title and then the thoughts that I put next to it because it's only ever, like, a fragmented sentence, Okay. Number one, discussion, uh, Parasite. Overhype, but all the same, well, Korean. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I, I thought Parasite was dope. Um, I know that I've talked to Alley Cat in depth yeah. about Parasite before. I actually think I after, after you saw it in theater, I think you actually called me to talk about it. You're like, have you seen Parasite? I think. And then I think we talked for like an hour about it. Probably. You're usually the first person because I, I had like to seen talk it, to about these types of things. I had seen it at the Arts Quest uh, on like a random Thursday night. Uh, and the theater was maybe half full. And I went there with Harold Heavyhands, who just was bored that day. And I said, you want to go see this movie? Everyone's talking about this fucking movie. Let's go see this movie. And uh, I remember going in, and then when it got to the twist, I was like... Oh, that was done in like two other movies, and then I left. <laughs> the 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 twist of someone being and living inside the house and no one noticing has absolutely happened in worse movies before, but it's never been done in a movie this good. And I think that's what surprises people is that you have a rather critical of socioeconomic you know, things such as population and uh, class in society and all of these other arguments going on. But ultimately, the twist is that a guy's been living in the house and this family is too ignorant to realize it. And, like, I don't know. That was done in, like, two other horror yeah, movies. But there's like more going on than that. Yeah. It's not as though that's the only plot development. But it is the twist. Yeah. Like let's there's a lot. It's a two-hour movie. Yeah, there's a there's lot a more. Lot, there's, there's a lot more. Yeah. But I'm also saying that I'm also I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying, like, other than, uh, other than like Jacob's Ladder, who did the like he was dead the whole time thing before Sixth Sense, like you know, it's tough to it's tough to kind of make that argument. I was a little pulled out of the movie when the twist was guy living in house. And then I had to kind of fall back on the critical sense of being like, but this movie is still well done. Was it, do you think it was well enough to win the best, p 
picture at the Oscars? I don't think anything else that they showed was actually very good. So can you even remember what else was like Pretty Women <laughs> or Little Women? Oh yeah, Little Little Women, women yeah. was little fucking. Women was, little Women was very good, and The Irishman, of course. I'm sure it was. Year. I just don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning round. Lightning <laughs> oh, round. All right. This conversation's getting old. This one I actually liked. <laughs> I liked this one a lot, and I have seen it three times since it came out. Uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I like oh, that yeah, a lot, a too. One. Really great adaptation with edits. Um, I went and I saw that with um, Frowns, and we both thoroughly enjoyed it. And then when I had the time to watch it with, I think... Terry the Tickler and Harold Heavyhands. Um, we watched the director's cut, which I liked even more. It added like, another like twenty minutes of like dream sequences and fun little shots of the the girl. Um, I actually preferred the theatrical cut. You preferred the theatrical? Yeah. Cut? Even though there was more in the director's cut, I just I like the pacing better of the theatrical cut. It's already a long movie. It is a long movie. And the pacing is definitely better than the theatrical cut. I thought definitely the most horrific scene out of that whole movie is when spoiler alert, they eat that little boy and the boy is absolutely terrified. You can can only imagine... The kid from uh, Before I Wake gets fucking eaten in a baseball field. (laughs) It's it's horrifying. It's it's not like a couple of nipples. You You literally watch them consume this little boy and he does not stop screaming and it is very horrifying. Yeah, that was that was a tough scene, um, but uh, but the acting is great, cinematography is great. Um, that guy uh, did did Hill House and Oculus, and like Flanagan. G- Gerald's Gerald's Game. Yeah. Oh, Flanagan. And um, I would say that Doctor Sleep was was a, a a hit for me, and I would say Blind Manor fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go back to Parasite really quickly because I finally found the list of you the other it. movies that were nominated. So, yes, we got Parasite, which was the winner, obviously. Little Women. Um, <laughs> 1917, good war movie. I'd say not as good as, like, Save a Private Ryan, but still. Mm. Ford versus Ferrari. Joker. Mm, I liked Ford versus I, Ferrari a lot. Really I, heard, I heard good things about it. I just haven't. I Joker, that's uh, that's up there. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, really Jojo Rabbit, Love Jojo Rabbit, I Marriage Story was, you know, boo-hoo, cry me a river, so. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Parasite I mean, does deserve to win out of those. Okay, th- yes. Out of that bunch. Yes, uh, you've, could... you've convinced me. Oh, perfect. Okay. I did my job. Let Bye it round. Uh, next one, the remake of The uh, the Grudge, which I said really bad redo American did you see it? No. I didn't have any. It was very bad. It was very bad. Cool, lightning round next. Next. <laughs> cannot even now begin. Yeah. Cannot even begin to say how bad the American Grudge film was. Um, the remake that they did this last year. Was, Just leave it to the Japanese. Please. For real though. Um, I saw uh, th- this was right after um this is right after I discovered um, the the same guys who like backed Mandy have like backed a bunch of other films for Shudder, and um, 
their studio, which I forgot the name of. Um, that's the Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, those right? Other guys. Oh. Uh, they did a film called Daniel Isn't Real. Yeah. Which was this kind of like visually psychological like exploration. Um, a kid kind of has like a mental break and creates like a alternate personality. You know, you're you're wondering the entire time if he has like like some type of disorder, some type of disease or like what happened to him to make him do this. And I I'm gonna level with you, it's it's really not all that not all that great. Um I think I, I mainly watched it because it has uh Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid in it. Yes, Patrick. And he's, and he's actually pretty good in the movie. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Christian Bale from American Psycho. He did, has this Did anyone has this thing about did him. anyone go damn Daniel during no, the movie? No, I don't think so. I think Aww, if anything I did. If anything I did. Damn Daniel. Not like in the movie though. But just did like you, Did you check you that one out? Did you, you see that one? Yeah, I saw it. You saw Daniel was real. I just don't remember. It's remember it too well. Because it's not there isn't much to remember like the entire time he's like fighting this alter ego, but it has a very physical presence, and you're you're wondering the entire time like when are they gonna do the Fight Club twist where like this isn't a real guy, this is just a guy playing out two people, and even up until the very end, they're very bad at presenting that as a plot point. Yeah, and uh, I I just remember it ending and being like okay. So it sounds like we don't need to watch that one if we really didn't want to, right? Moving to the next one, There's which uh, Mark Rooster and I saw at the Emmaus Theater <laughs> together. Uh, Color Out of Space, the Nicolas Cage Lovecraft movie. Um, highly recommend, specifically right off the uh, the heel of Mandy, which I absolutely loved. Um, cue everyone look at my Cheddar Goblin macaroni and cheese on my studio shelf. <gasps> Um, did you order that cheese. just by itself, or did it come with something? No, I got the shirt, too. Okay. The tiger shirt. Rawr. Nice. Um, so the mac and cheese and the shirt came together? Yeah. It's a weird... There's a just a typical macaroni and cheese and t-shirt yeah, combination. Yeah, I was gonna say. Right. Yeah, no, I spent money on them. Uh, <laughs> Color Out of Space, really fun movie. Um, that was the guy who... Uh, who last left Hollywood because uh, he had tried doing a um, the Island of Doctor Moreau? It didn't work <laughs> in, out in for the nineties, and it really didn't work out for him. Um, I want to say his name's Richard Stanley. No, I don't remember. But he got fired after just a couple of days, I think. On oh, absolutely, Doctor Moreau, absolutely, and then never worked again. Yeah, he until well, now. Until now. <laughs> and you know there there were all these uh, these bad things happening on set uh, with like Val Kilmer and shit, and Marlon a, Brando. And Marlon Brando. But here he was it's, difficult it's, towards it's the very, end. <laughs> it's a very fun watch, you know the the absolute fuck up that is that movie. Um, but he came back and he did a movie in 2019. He did a Lovecraft adaptation of The Color Out of Space. Um, which is a story about a family living off the coast of, I believe, uh, like Massachusetts, and they have uh, a neat little house with a little well, and one day a like comet lands on their property, and it emits a strange energy, and the energy starts to have an effect on the people around it, and then next thing you know, dimensions are shifting, people are getting crazy, 
people are turning into monsters and shit. And Nicolas Cage is there to do his Nicolas Cage shit, where he just laughs and does weird impressions and screams a bunch. <laughs> and it's a, it's a real fun movie. Mark Rooster? Yes, it is. And you know what I think is funny? And what do you think is funny? <laughs> when Marlon Brando was known <laughs> towards the end for not memorizing his lines and having them come to him on an earpiece. Oh, that's true. Or they asked in an interview with Martin Sheen if any of that was true, and he said, oh, yeah. Marlon Brando would just mm -hmm. bring me over, hey, come here for a second, and then put his lines on, on my shirt so that he could see them. I actually acting. know that. They, had, they did that in The Godfather as well. He literally had cue cards taped up against people and the actors and things like that so he can go ahead. Now, against his... <laughs> just wasn't going to memorize his That lines. too, but they said that they were writing a lot of different uh, pages in the script for The Godfather, so he was just like, fuck it, I've had enough. I'm going to write these cue cards, I'm going to paste it onto your body, and that's how I'm going to do it. And it worked. And then that's so, what he did after And that's that, what he just did forever. afterwards, yeah. Good trick of the trade. Next! Lightning Round! Um, the remake, uh, Gretel and Hansel. I did want to see that, and then um, it came out with bad reviews, and then I think when I wanted to see that not too long afterwards, good old COVID hit. No. And I never actually saw it. How was it? How was it? It was oh. pretty okay. Was it the same person who did The Witch? No. No? No. For some reason, I thought it was, it was a cool same. looking movie, and it had a really cool mushroom eating sequence. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> the kids get lost and they're hungry, so that they, was they just one eat of something. two horror movies I went to earlier in this year in the winter and fell asleep during. And oh. so then I rented them later when they were available for home because I didn't think either of them was that great. It was that one in the lodge. And in both cases, I was like not that impressed with the movie, but also felt as though maybe I didn't give it a fair enough watch. So yeah. I watched both of those twice this year. Um, but th it was it was all right. Vi I thought visually Gretel and Hansel was pretty cool. Very cool, which is why I want to know um, the director. He had done um, another horror film. Oz Perkins. Yeah, what, he what sure did. He, he did <laughs> Legally Blonde? Really? He did Legally Blonde. Oh, the twi the new Twilight Zone. He did an episode of that. Removal. Um, I thought his, uh, no, he had done another horror movie before he did well, that's uh, So he's doing... That's an actor. So he was an actor. Writer. Let's see, he wrote a Twilight Zone episode. I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Uh, okay, okay, I saw that movie. The Girl in the Photographs. The Black Coat's Daughter. Oh, yeah. Black, Black Coat's, Coat's Daughter. daughter. Oh. That was probably the one that you were thinking That's of. That's the one okay, I was yes. thinking of. Yeah, he did I thought that. of a, you know, an artsy-fartsy spooky fl flick that came out a couple years prior, and that's absolutely what it was. Because the guy who did Witch went on to do uh, Lighthouse, which I believe is on my list. Um, lightning round. Uh, after midnight. After midnight. It's a Henry Zabrowski feature, uh, monster allegory for a relationship. I remember. Uh, where did I watch this one? This one might have been um, online. I, I believe it went to Shutter though. This guy, after midnight. Have you seen it? Oh, no, I don't think so. It's pretty good. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which I think is fun. 
And um, just when you think, like, the twist was some just, like, metaphor, it, like, actually throws the monster at you, which is pretty fun. Um, it's the idea that, like, this guy uh, starts uh, fighting with his uh, fiance like, right before they're supposed to get married, and she just leaves. And every night that she's gone, a monster visits this guy's house. So you think the entire time that they're setting up that, like, oh, this chick doesn't want to get married because she's turning into, like, a monster every night and this guy is, is going to have to deal with it and, like, come to terms with this shit. And then you start to think, maybe the guy's just losing it. Maybe there is no monster and it's just a metaphor for his alcoholism and, and how he loses his shit when his girl's not around. And then it becomes this, like, journey of self-healing and awareness and respect and then Damn. at the very end of the movie, they throw the fucking monster back at you, <laughs> and it's fucking They're great. <laughs> it's like both of the characters have grown exponentially since the beginning of the movie, and now there actually is a monster, and everyone believes him, and it's very, it's it's pretty fun. Um, and then the movie just like ends. Uh, he, he, you know, uh, it, it's One just it's it's a fun it's a fun little one off. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's amazing, and I'm not trying to make it sound like it's it's the greatest thing on God's earth, but Henry Zabrowski plays a fun supporting actor, um, and the main guy, uh, this is the guy who did, um, The Battery, which is a Netflix, uh, zombie flick. Um, this guy pretty much writes, directs, and acts in, like, all of his own shit. And, um, it's not like a Neil Breen scenario. It's, like, actually pretty good. So... Um, shout out to After Midnight, fun, fun little monster flick. Crawl, the alligator horror house. Yeah, that was a fun movie. I, I hadn't seen that in theaters, and I remember telling myself, like, I do want to see that, just, I don't know if I want to see it and pay for it. And then when it wasn't in theaters anymore, and I didn't have to pay for it, then I watched it. I think that's on Amazon Prime right now. I've seen that pop it's, up on it's my screen. It's pretty fun. It's like, uh, it's like, it it's like, like Don't Breathe, but with a gator. <laughs> with a couple gators. Yeah, it's it's very well made, though. It's just very well put together. It's because it's the guy who did Don't Breathe, but it's Don't Breathe with gators. Oh. <laughs> it's a house I mean, that's invasion. A bit easy. It's a house invasion, but it goes but from rapist guy, yeah. old guy to a couple <laughs> gators. Um, Those raping gators. Which you is fun. Watch out for them. Um, yeah, what did you think of Crawl? Oh, I liked it. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see Al the words. movie Alligator from 1980? I don't believe so. Oh, you should watch this movie. I've seen. Uh, What's Lake Placid? It's a different movie. It's a different movie. <laughs> but it's about a, a crocodile big, a or an alligator. Crocodile I always mix, mix them up. I don't crocodile know which ones they are either. It's okay. I couldn't tell you. But, um, yeah, <laughs> Crawl was, Crawl was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Alligator is a little bit less serious than Crawl. But you might want to... That would be a double feature you could do if you, if you, felt, <laughs> if you felt like it. If I felt like See, it. See, the difference in alligator movies with 40 years between them. I can't even spell alligator. This is the alligator movies they watched in 1980 compared to the alligator <laughs> movies that they watched in 2020. Lightning round! <laughs> Snatchers. I don't think I know that. So one. this, so this one was funny to me because I read the description and I said, "There's no way this could be a coherent film." Um, I wrote down pregnant alien jizz horror. 
Um, so it's about a high school chick who gets knocked up um, and pretty much becomes pregnant overnight. And she starts to have, like, a weird feeling that what's inside of her is absolutely not a baby. And it starts to, like, prove that it's, like, an alien. You know, she's she pretty much got knocked up by a fucking alien. And it turns out that it wasn't an alien. It's just her boyfriend went on a trip to, like, Mexico and fucked around with, like, a an ancient artifact in, like, a, a ruin and came back all contaminated. And when he made the splooge inside the high school girl, she got... Uh, she basically became the house for a interspecies alien baby. Oh, sounds that like another comes, STD guy. And what's funny folks. about it is it stays inside of her, and only during certain scenes does it fly out of her hoo-ha to kill people in the room and then fly back into her hoo-ha. Oh, so it does. She does. She can't. It's parasitic in nature. She okay. can't. She can't necessarily She's not give birth to it. And what year I think is halfway through. That's oh, like last year. It was like a 2019 film, and it's it's a comedy. Don't get me wrong, it's not it's not done in any serious way. It sounds very serious. It's it's <laughs> it's very silly and the gore is hilarious. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, rent this. I'm gonna be watching it with somebody and be like, I'm sorry it's so serious. Uh, he said it was gonna be funny. And <laughs> here it is, this sad, serious movie. Um I feel like it's a film that you you like have snatchers. Like in sex ed class. Snatchers is a f- yeah no it's like, definitely telling you to promote abstinence. You don't um, have an alien in your belly. You never get a relic from one of these ancient sites in the beginning of a horror movie, and it proves to be a good idea. What's funny is it it's the movie doesn't even start that way. The movie develops that plot as it goes on. She's like, how did how did me having sex with my boyfriend inject me with an alien? And he's like. Well, you know, I went to Mexico and I touched this amulet and I got real hard. So, you know, like, oh. I came back and I thought we should bone. And, like, it's all, it's done in that type of way. Oh. He doesn't um, fuck the amulet, does he? So no, they didn't the, have uh, probably okay. a No, the amulet makes him, makes him hard, so he goes home to bone oh his girlfriend. Um, anyway, Snatchers, fun, fun flick. Um, hopping over to Netflix. Um, don't fuck with cats. A documentary about catching a uh, serial killer. Um, Punxsutawney Trill has voiced his opinion on this show several times, claiming that this series is fucking stupid and that the people behind it should be blamed for escalating this serial killer's actions. I disagree almost emphatically because they did more help than they did harm. I agree. Um, This guy was going to do whatever he was going to do, and I've argued this in person off air with punks. Um, This guy was going to do whatever he was going to do, whether he had an audience or not. There's a natural escalation to how a serial killer operates, and this guy was exhibiting all of the fucking functions of a serial killer, and he just did not pull the trigger. And did they kill him? Did they kill the serial killer? No, he's in jail. I think they caught him, and they put put him in jail. Yeah, he's in jail. Basically, it started, um, a guy uploaded a video killing cats on YouTube, and everyone got super mad, and this group basically came together and said, we're going to find out where this guy lives, we're going to get him arrested. You know, he's On gonna... Facebook, like, as far as, like, this group of people, yeah. it wasn't like, you know... It's the early 2000s, you and your neighbor. It's, it's the birth of YouTube, this isn't when YouTube was big, um, but you just don't post that shit online, and, and it made so many people angry that it got a lot of attention. And this, this basically, this group of, like, at-home, almost, like... Our poll, like, hackers basically say, like, 
we're going to do as much studying as we can, break down the backgrounds of the scenes of these footage to, you know, try to find, you know, geolocate this person's position around the world, track down this hacker, you know, make sure that, or track down the guy who killed these cats and, like, make sure that, you know... They do, like, such... I, what I enjoy about them trying to find out who this guy is, they, yeah. like, investigate so well. It's to, some like, amateur sleuthing. The, yeah, like, they take a picture of the video, and they say, oh, my God, here's a vacuum cleaner, and they it's find out... It's only sold in one country. It's only sold yeah. in one country, in, like, one province, in, like, one store, so, like, all that cool shit that I love about investigation. The guy was saying, like, I could look at a doorknob and tell you exactly what country, you know you reside in and it's it's interesting so you know they they essentially this guy starts to upload more footage of killing cats and then at one point he starts to just egg them on and then then he disappears for a while and then it comes back and it's revealed that he absolutely killed he absolutely killed a person he killed a person yeah um, so, you know, it begs the question. Work. Start with the little meagly animals. Starts with the animals. And then you go all the way up to um, the human beings. And So, yeah, it's a fun little documentary about how uh, how these people kind of find this serial killer. <laughs> and, fun and, lightly. <laughs> and stop him. Yeah. Did it's you watch good. it? No, no, I'm definitely not going to watch that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> they don't, okay, they don't actually show... Them as oh, as alley cat, they don't that. show them killing the cats. Oh, no, Let's just say that, that. No. you sold me. I'm definitely not watching. I'm definitely not watching. <laughs> no, Lightning round. It was good. Watch it. Don't watch it. Watch it. Lock and Key, which is a, an adaptation of a comic book that was put up on Netflix. Um, the comic book is written by uh, Joe Hill, which is Stephen King's son. Um, it's very horrifying in nature. And the show absolutely neuters that horrifying element. Yeah. It made it super family-friendly, almost CW in nature, where everything is, like, not serious or dark and kind of funny Mm -hmm. and stupid. Um, The books are great. I kind of just wanted to give a shout-out to the graphic novel series, which is actually horrifying. Um, It's very Lovecraftian in nature. That's kids tapping into dark magic and... um, and, you know, sometimes they accidentally get people killed because they don't realize what type of magic they're tapping into. It's, it's like a, a very, very dark version of, like, series of unfortunate events. Yeah, I'd say that's a good in the middle between that and like it's like the chilling their dad Sabrina is dead. They're trying adventures. to find out how the dad died. Yeah, very Sabrina. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, they're trying to find out how their dad died. It's three kids. Their mom's an alcoholic. Um, their their dad's dead. They're trying to find out what um, m- mysterious circumstances the dad died from, and it's it's it draws back to his past and it shows that he was messing around with dark magic and shit. Uh, Mark Rooster, had you had you watched Lock and Key? Yes, I liked it. Oh, you liked Lock yeah, and Key? Yeah, I never read the book, but I thought the show was pretty enjoyable. You should pick up the books, my friends. They they are uh, they're pretty fucking good. Which one's better, the book or the show? So oh, the book, age, Leaps age and old, Bounds. Age-old question. Leaps and Bounds, better. the book is better because it's actually creepy. You know, the girl in the well is actually terrifying in the Ooh. in the book. In the movie or in the show, in the she's show. kind of she's kind of just a babe. <laughs> like all the time. Fun twists, fun writing. They definitely adapt some of the best like twists in the first novel, but I think the series is like seven novels long so it's hard to see how long they're gonna go with the netflix series because netflix tends to like cancel things like after two seasons 
<laughs> you laughed at this one earlier when you saw my list. Um, girl on the third floor. Mm-hmm. And I wrote CM Punk wife fucker. Did you see Girl on the Third Floor? I did. What did you think? I thought it was wretched. Uh, I was laughing Ooh. quite a lot. I thought it was just very bad. About, and about it made halfway me laugh through the lot. movie, they just stopped caring about what movie they're trying to make. I thought it, five it, minutes in, it was. Oh no! Apart. I liked. I liked when he was walking around the empty house and the ambiance was very still. And you know, he's he's like working on a section of the house over here. And then something happens on the other side, and then you see, like, a shadow pass by the doorway. Like, they do all the stereotypical stuff to set up that this house is haunted. And for the first, like, 20 minutes, like, I'm kind of into it. Because the guy's alone, he's sleeping on, like, a mattress on the floor in this dilapidated fucking house. And, you know, he's trying to spruce it up, and all his neighbors are acting weird. Like, they really set it up. And then he just proceeds to ghost fuck for, like, the next... 40 minutes of the film to the point where he starts to hallucinate all the people who have ghost fucked in this house and she kills each of them and kind of fuses them with the house and so they can never escape before that he and he and his dog eat a bunch of marbles do that remember i don't marbles come out of the the walls first the dog eats a marble and the guy's like hey you shouldn't eat a marble and then a little later on, the guy just re- randomly grabs a marble and sticks it in his mouth. You don't remember this? Actually, I do remember it. Now that you're making a the marble eating, the marble <laughs> I don't eating. know what, what I took from that. I movie. don't know what the marble is supposed to mean, Mark Rooster. I really don't. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Don't eat them. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, not a great movie. Uh, I thought it had a solid start, though. Like, I I thought he was. Uh, normal enough acting to get through the first part, and then once the story kind of devolves around him, his acting becomes awful. Um, which is interesting, because I believe he is a uh, musician. And he is... Uh... He's a wrestler. Oh, he's a wrestler. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's a musician, <laughs> too. Is he a musician? His what? main job is a... He's a wrestler. He's a wrestler, yeah. He did not look like a wrestler. He didn't look built like a wrestler at all. Like he maybe was gangly. He, maybe he slimmed down. He for was the role. gangly. <laughs> he was skinny. Yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's definitely a wrestler. That's interesting because he, he, uh, he definitely did not strike me as wrestler. But his acting now that you say wrestler, his acting really wasn't that bad. I thought it was bad. I thought the other actors were bad too, and. <laughs> Every scene no, went his on neighbor, slightly his neighbor too was long. fun. I liked his neighbor. The the chick who comes over and kind of warns him. Yeah. Oh, doesn't she work for a church? The pastor from yeah. across the street. Yeah. She works from a church and she comes over and she's just like, You're gonna wanna not She's that. very she's very for a horror movie, I think she's very like meta of a character. She's like, Yeah, you really shouldn't be here. Yeah. And she's like, a lot of things have happened in this house. You and then know, later just, on, she says, I tried to tell you. I'm like, well, not really. <laughs> she sort of tried. Did she try that hard? She I was think, like, well, you might not I don't like think he would have believed her if she had tried actually telling him what was going on. I think that's the problem. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. You disagree, and that's okay. Mark Rooster's allowed to disagree with me. <laughs> the Invisible Man remake. Good slow burn universal redo. I liked the remake, and I'm a big fan of the chick from Handmaid's Tale. Elizabeth Moss, she was good in that. She's pretty great. 
she's she is very great at looking upset. She has that face that just says, I'm upset. I'm just sad, and I'm sad and angry. <laughs> um, no, that, that movie's pretty yes. brutal, and... Uh, Su- like surprisingly brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, that one dinner scene where she's with, scene with her tough. sister, yeah. and all of a sudden, I gasped at that one because I was yeah. like, Ooh. "You do not see that coming." Not and then, it. and then the the police escape sequence. That's like thirteen minutes long, and it's just him murdering a bunch that's of cops. That's true. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind the twist that much. That there, that the, it was two men, and that they were acting together. I think the ending is a little bit preachy but mm. fun at the same time I like the ending more, more, yeah but more like Benji you're saying like like it's it's totally acceptable for her to just become a murderer instead of seek justice the regular way well um as nah, I'd get away with it too I'd I mean I, I, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> if someone's gonna fuck up with me that badly and try to do all this shit and make me feel crazy and all that good stuff well not good stuff but you know um yeah, that fucker decided to die, and if that's if it's at my uh, hands, then and I'm gonna get away with it. I think that's the number one thing. If I knew I was gonna get away with it, then hell yeah, I would go for it. Not that I condone the violence and I condone the murder of people. I don't. But in that scenario, <laughs> think, I enjoyed it. Like, even you have your killer right in front of you, and and he is vulnerable, and you know he has killed someone you love. Do you actually have that ability in you to kill that person? Well, it's like you to like take that you life? like to say that you could, Vengeance? but then you're right in front of, and you're actually doing to, to actually do something <laughs> like to actually like I had trouble trying to cut a pig in science class. Like, oh no, I can't do that shit. Mark Crusoe, <laughs> yeah. how'd you feel about Invisible Man? I liked it. That was about the last major movie I th- that that I saw probably before. Yeah. The theaters closed. Did I see that yeah. in theaters? That came, when, didn't that come out in February? Or I believe it. I believe yeah. it did somewhere around there. Hey, you know, I it, actually that could do be the best picture the winner. <laughs> that could be the next best picture winner. Is it like, uh, there's someone for the, the, the Tony Awards. Uh, there's one guy who's nominated. He's the only person nominated for a lead actor, but there is a chance that he could actually lose because there's a certain percentage of votes that he needs. <laughs> And people just and won't vote for him. And people won't vote with him. <laughs> but that could be a scenario for the Oscars this year. It could be the only best picture. Who knows? Lightning round. Uh, Guns Akimbo. I just hate the name. Guns Akimbo. Yeah, I hate that name. <laughs> uh, I wrote Harry Potter Guns Hands Hammy. Daniel Radcliffe wakes up one morning with pistols surgically oh, attached to his hands yes. and he's told by a cult to go around and kill certain targets or else they're gonna make his hands explode um and which would succinctly kill him you think with a story like that the movie would actually be fun but it's really not it's it's kind of a stupid boring little little movie it's very predictable the effects aren't that great and uh daniel radcliffe is not good enough of an actor to carry an entire film like that. Oh, he's very good. I like I like him <laughs> a lot. I like him a lot, but not in that type of movie. In that type of movie you need like a Ryan Reynolds type. You need someone a bit more witty. No, you're losing me. You're saying less Daniel Radcliffe and more Ryan Reynolds? 
I'm saying you need someone less everyman kind of uh, like shruggy. You know who could have done? You know who could have done really well? Actually, now that I think about it, Charlie Day. Oh, that was Charlie been Day cool. could have done wonderful in that film. Yes. Could you imagine Charlie waking up with pistols attached to his hands? <laughs> That'd be like a bad episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. That could have been great. Hollywood, call me. Guns Akimbo 2, starring Charlie Day. Um, anyway. Underwater, Kristen Stewart, Cthulhu, epic. I remember uh, Mark and I talked about this one for a little bit. It's alright. I was a big fan of Underwater. I was actually, I watched it downstairs twice, and I said, fuck, why didn't I see this movie in theaters? And I think it's like right when shit was going, hitting the fan. Which is why I did not go see it in theaters. I do like an underwater horror movie. I think it was phenomenal. I honestly do. I thought, I thought it was like. Is it like? It, it feels like what Prometheus should have been. No. <laughs> That's I, I was gonna say. Because Prometheus is awful. <laughs> Two <laughs> scary Prometheus areas. Is terrible. Definitely space space is so vast underwater and same with underwater those are like the two landmarks or not yet, so landmarks so what's areas. great about underwater is that the entire time you're like oh it's just some like weird monsters and shit right and then like it gets to the end and it's like no it's legitimately cthulhu like it's legitimately a squid-headed giant winged nether realm fucking beast at the bottom of the ocean. And, like, the studio came out in commentary with the directors and said, oh, yeah, we just decided to make it Cthulhu. Like, there were so many times where we wanted it to be, like, a giant squid. We wanted it to be, like, a giant monster. We wanted it to be a giant squid monster. And we just said, why are we beating around the bush so much? Let's just actually make it Cthulhu without, it. without like, actually saying that it's a Cthulhu movie. It's like watching a sci-fi movie and then realizing that Cthulhu is the main bad guy. It's fucking awesome. I, like, almost cheered. Well, I maybe him. I should give it another chance. He looked so beautiful. <laughs> it was very... It was a very beautiful-looking creature design for Cthulhu. He had, like, a split jaw and everything. Big old tentacles. Had people living in his skin. That's fun. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning round. The Hunt. Pseudo-political satire Republicans. The Hunt. Um, the Hunt was, like, a touch too much for me um, in, in, like, political satire territory. Like, I... People are literally hunting each other, right? I was never able to, like, actually buy into it. Yeah, Democrats are hunting Republicans okay. in, like, an open oh, battle okay. royale field. Yeah, because I remember uh, there being, the, like, the one whispers, from like... Below. Yeah, well, people a, were upset. They delayed it. Yeah, like they delayed it due to the mass shootings, and then COVID hit, and just you know that destroyed everything. Essentially, I didn't think the movie was all that good. Actually, that was the last movie I saw in the theater before all that happened. Um, there I were a bunch of horror movies that got released there were, in the winter. Um, I did not see the Hunt in theater. I I almost refused to. I just something about its like tongue in cheek nature makes the movie very hard to watch because it's so aware of itself it doesn't like try to get you to think that what's actually happening is actually happening like they just try to present democrats killing republicans in inventive ways as like a plot 
and it was just very hard for me to be like, oh, this is on the same level as Running Man. This is on the same level as Battle Royale. Like, no, it's not. Not at all. This is really bad. This is kind of stupid. Yeah, didn't live up to the <laughs> No, but if it had lived up to the hype, if it had been brutal, if it had been anything but having multiple characters monologue about socio-political bullshit, it could have been a pretty funny movie. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But it kind of just talks itself into oblivion. Yeah. And into the next movie. Lightning round! Okay, so this is a... Um, this one you you guys probably haven't seen because it's in like the back corner of Netflix, but it's a little series called The Curlian Frequency, which I wanted to give a shout out because it's um it's a storytelling uh much in the style of lore, a uh, little cartoon show, but it's not even like cartoons, it's kind of like a motion comic. Um this guy just tells basically creep show level stories and you watch them unfold through very artistic kind of animation. And the stories are all very good. I was not disappointed with any of them. One of them is about a, a story about an old man who uh, is going insane because he's uh, saying that the dog next door keeps telling him to, like, die, that, like, he's coming for him. One of them is about a girl who avoids this one town because at night people go missing. Um... One is about, like, actually dying and, like, what happens when your, like, soul leaves your body. Um, it's just a very fun little show, and I believe it is, uh... Oh, yeah, fun topics. Spanish? Fun. I believe it is a... I believe it was developed in, like, a, a Spanish or, like, a Mexican studio, which was very cool because you can kind of see the, like, Dio de los Muertes aspect uh, of it. Okay. Like, the colors are all very, like, poppy. Um, but it's a fun, it's a fun little Netflix show. It reminds me of Creepypasta. It deserves a little shout out. Um, going on to the, um, pseudo, uh, socio-political satire route, and also going the Spanish route, there's a film that was released on Netflix called The Platform. Had, I, had either of you guys oh, watched that? Yes. Form. Platform. What did you think? Oh, it's good. Yeah, interesting concept. What did you think of the end? I don't remember it. I think it's good that you don't. <laughs> I think it's good that you don't. I would say the the journey is better than the end in this case. It's kind of like Cube. Yeah. You know? You're, the, the, the class argument is there. You know, the people who are on floor one get to eat mm -hmm. better than floor 100. You know, um, much like in Cube where it's mm -hmm. like... The mentally retarded is getting helped by um, someone who's in, like, customer service, but then the cop is, like, laying down the smackdown on everyone in the group. Like, there's, like, a class argument there, but um, in Platform, they kind of take the class argument and beat you the fuck over the head <laughs> with it repeatedly uh, as a plot point, and then it just kind of becomes a, uh, a rabbit hole uh, deconstruction on how... Uh, Society just loves to throw their problems into a hole and assume that the hole is going to take care of it. Um, which I think is probably the most meaningful thing that the movie says, is that the government doesn't actually care about you at all. Which is fun! Um, have you seen this one? I have not. I haven't even heard of it. Platform. Add that to your list. It's a fun watch. Is it on Netflix, you said? 
Yes. It is on Netflix. Oh, okay. It is a Spanish. Um, I don't know if it's horror. Oh yeah, I do. Would you call it nice. horror? Yeah. Yeah. You would call it mm-hmm. horror. Okay. It's and it's quick too. It's like eighty-five it is minutes quick. maybe. It's a fun little flick. Um, I watched a documentary called Cropsy, which is about the abductions in Staten Island. Um, in Staten Island, ever since uh, I believe the '60s, kids have just gone missing. Um, all the oh, people, shit. all the people in the area would just blame it on a boogeyman who was living in the nearby woods, because uh, Staten Island was home to one of the biggest uh, mental institutions that was defunded and then completely abandoned back in the '60s. So the government just let these people squat in their own filth for multiple years and no one took care of them and nurses would try to come by and take care of the mentally ill and they would leave screaming because it was like walking into hell you know just imagine a mental health facility that just no one took care of anyone um apparently this killer starts to go around this uh, child abductee um kids just start to go missing um i believe clothing and and such is found but i don't think they ever found bodies of any of the kids it's almost like they just upped and disappeared Disappeared. it's a very very fun little documentary about um it's kind of older too this some real life most of the stuff that you've been talking about is relatively recent this is like a 10 years ago type of deal yeah yeah and they cropsy that was the name that they use that name for the killer and the burning do they remember that Slasher movie from the early eighties. I do not. Yeah, the in that I mean in that one, Cropsy is burned at camp, and then comes back years later for his revenge. Oh, but that's where they got the name from. That's Lightning a good round. movie. Too. Uh, I watched this movie called Beach House. This one was, uh, I believe, on Shutter. Yes, Beach it's House. a couple beach infection invasion. It's kind of like a. Small-scale Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I thought it was cool. I remember liking it up into, like, the third act, where I thought it should just end. Agreed. Um, but it was, the, it was the type of slow burn where you're constantly wondering what's going to go wrong first. Because things kind of start to dovetail, but then all the characters decide to just stick together. And then you're like... Okay, so, like, what's what's going to go wrong first? I liked all the beach imagery. I think the um, the, the fleshy sacks that kind of wave upon the shore after the first night of the infection, I thought that was some pretty fun imagery, just seeing all of those, like, jellyfish-like people just chilling on the beach. So it's just, like, a, a disease that, like... I believe it's a spore or a fungus. I believe the ocean... The ocean cracks open some type of disease that mutates with oxygen and spreads to the coastal shores around the world and infects the plant life. Um, and at some point, uh, it starts to like it starts to actually invade your lungs and kind of turn you all dead and plant-like and shit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. Interesting. Those characters are so fucked. <laughs> and like they don't know it, which is yeah, gonna die. That's always fun. That's always fun for me to watch kind of characters that don't know how fucked they are. Do you agree? Yeah, and I agree that that movie was tiring by the time. 
But yeah, I like the scenes of the water and the beach too. This one came out recently, and I remember when I read the title for it, I was like, I gotta watch that like right now. Uh, VFW. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. I haven't seen it. It feels like an 80s flick. Honestly, it really does. It feels. Well, the poster looks 80s, my god. It feels like an 80s flick. It has a really fun cast of, uh, of old men. Old farts. And the idea is that um, some psychopunks that are addled up on drugs um, get, get one of them killed and one of them robs everyone. And to get away, she holds up in an old um, war vet... Um, like club, you know, like a bar and, and pool club. Mm-hmm. And um, the old men there have been through war and shit. So when they see this uh, this young girl come in asking for help, they they want to stand up and fight, and they're a bunch of old badasses. So when these psychopunks come calling with their crazy drugs and weapons, kind of like out of like warriors or something, these old fucks just turn around. Like Stephen Lang is there, and he just fucking like rips someone's throat out. You know, like it's just right. it's just crazy, and it's 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 ultra violent, and it's and it's very like one liner based. Um, you got the master of Cobra Kai in there. Mm-hmm. He plays a main character. Um, is the guy from Cheers is there? The one and guy, George uh, Bunton. I believe the guy who plays uh, Windows from The Thing is in it. Oh yes. But uh, it's a it's a fun it's a fun little movie. It's a quick watch. It was over before I like even knew it. Um, and it's it's not one-sided at all. They are old, and the movie makes a point to show you that they're fucking old. <laughs> but, you know, they're still, like, they still have their war, you know, uh, training, so they're able to stand at least some type of fight against this army of meth heads. Uh, pretty fun. Pretty fun movie. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, Dark, the Netflix show. It's a German sci-fi time and space series. Have you guys watched that? First I, season. I always get confused whenever I'm like going through it, and I think Ozark. Like for some reason, because <laughs> it rhymes. It, it rhymes, <laughs> but also just like the for some reason, I think the letters like the R is like backwards, and it just reminds me of Ozark. And so whenever I see dark, I, f- I think I feel Ozark, like most like, people's uh, first uh, argument is that like it because it came out at the same time as Stranger Things that like. Most people thought the plot was too similar to Stranger Things, because it is literally about a young a young boy that goes missing. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it's a fair assumption, but the show goes so above and beyond what Stranger Things is capable of. I think the acting is wonderful. If you don't mind like German, German is a very ugly language, but like it's still better to watch these people act and emote in their own natural language and just handle the whole subtitles. Thing in subtitles? Yeah. Ooh. It's the whole thing in subtitles. Well, I, I, I mean, either that, yeah. that or you could do a dub, but I don't think the dub is nearly as good. No, no I, I um, enjoy subtitles. I prefer subtitles. There's some people who are like, how can you read and watch a movie at the same time? I Guess think what? The whole, I, I think the whole world is sleeping on Dark because Dark continually tells a really great story and uh, the finale always like subverts everything that you just watched, and it's it's just a mind blowing show because it actually works within the science 
of physics, like the physics behind time travel and shit. I think so much of it... Um, you ever see the flick uh, Primer? No. It's a time travel flick where there's just multiple overlapping uh, people that all, you know, it's the same person, but they travel back in time to do X, Y, and Z. Would you ever consider this horror? Dark? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, one guy gets flung to the future, and it's all post-apocalyptic, and everyone's dead. Um, and there are serial killer vibes. There's someone going around killing people, too. Okay, okay. They're abducting children, experimenting on them, and killing them. So it's it's not... I would say it's as much horror as, like, eleven twenty two sixty three. You know, like, there are some horrifying aspects. There are definitely some kills. There's definitely some murder going on. But at the same time, it's it's a heavy sci-fi plot. I think everyone's sleeping on it because it came out at the same time as Stranger Things. So wake the fuck up, people. For well, real. Are you going to watch it now? <laughs> <laughs> There's this uh, fun show called Black Summer. It's a non-linear uh, zombie series on Netflix told through short, like, 20-minute vignettes. Um, they kind of just hop around this apocalypse that's happening. I remember liking it because the zombies run and they scream and they're crazy looking. Oh, they're not slow um, ones. They're not Dream. slow ones. Um, yeah, they're loud zombies. They're physically screaming. Um... I, I also liked it because one of the main characters looks like me, and when I had my longer hair, I kept laughing because I thought the one character was me, and he just spends the entire plot running away from zombies. You thought it was you. I, I, really, I really put myself... What I mean to say is I really put myself in this guy's shoes because his reactions were so funny to the zombie apocalypse that I was like, that is kind of what I'd do. I'd just run away from it. I was going to say, when you just running... We can't run too fast. Those are those ankles, darling. No, they don't work very well. Um, and then this is actually the last one I have on the list is We Summon the Darkness, which uh, Mark Rooster and I had talked about before. Ooh. Yeah, that one wasn't too good. We Summon the Darkness was like... <sighs> it was like f- funny games, but bad and it was like every 80s stereotype except bad. And I just, <laughs> You just... It's so predictable. You know exactly what's going to happen, and then it just happens, and nothing, nothing surprises you, and the acting is bad, and the effects are bad, yeah. and the character, at one point to arm herself, just walks around with a boat motor the entire time. Like, why is this happening? So much the the one the one guy holds on to a gun for like more than half of the plot and never pulls a trigger on anyone and then dies from gunshot wounds. <laughs> it's just so, it's so bad. It was such a bad movie. <laughs> Did Giant Knoxville have a big part in that? No. Oh, okay. He's just. They right probably there. spent a decent amount of the budget getting him. I imagine the entire seconds. budget went for Johnny <laughs> Knoxville. You know, Alexandra Daddario, I think, is really pretty fantastic but she's consistently in movies that i don't like yeah i like i like watching i think she's fantastic to look at yeah i don't particularly think she's a great actress i think she's very good (laughs) (laughs) mark just likes her yeah 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I, but but like even, I appreciate even that. ten years ago, when she was in that movie Malevolence, and I was watching that movie, I'm like, man, this movie sucks. But who is this? And then since then, I was excited for the Baywatch movie. He's that lying. Sucked. He's been watching her since also, Percy Jackson days. <laughs> He's been watching her since Percy Jackson. I actually didn't see that until recently. <laughs> because I heard the first one was Because I heard that she was yeah. Say, yeah, right away. I was like, oh, well. yeah. <laughs> well, he says. <laughs> oh, shit. Is there any movies, Mark, that you've seen in in the last year that I did not talk about that you want to talk about? Well, I was, tr- I was trying when you were talking about... Uh, with the the beach house with the infections and stuff. I was trying to think of this movie that I saw not long ago. I can't remember the title. Where the woman was joining this crew that was going under the water for something. And she was a scientist. And was kind of tagging along and they didn't want her there. And then they... This big creature attaches itself to their boat. And then leaves, but it's infected the water. And so... Kind of a cabin fever kind of thing going on okay. where they can't drink the water. And I just can't think of what the hell the movie was called. <laughs> I've been thinking about it ever since you started talking about Beach House. And I was trying to look through my Letterboxd profile to see because when I, I thought I watched it recently, but it, nothing jumped out at me. Um, I just can't think of what the title might have been, but now it's kind of driving me nuts. But that was good. I recommend that. <laughs> that movie that you came you liked that. that You liked that movie? That it was, was good. Movie. It was good. I, I now kind of want to try and find it. Yeah. I just can't think of what it What year what it would you say been. it was? It was very new. It was new. recent? Yeah, very recent. new. I'll right. find out. I can find out. Yeah, try and find you it. You know, I you tried to... Did Did you look at that website I told you about? The letterbox.com? Yes. yes. I like that site because... And I also you follow can, someone who uses that site pretty carefully. You can see what everybody is watching. So yeah. I don't even have to ask anymore if somebody's seen a movie. If you just there, go to I someone, will know. You go I'll to just walk up like to them and say, "Hey, I know that you saw that movie." <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you want me to join it so that you could you could just text me in the middle of the night and be like, "Hey, Mark, I just you... saw this movie." I'm like, "Hey, I already know. <laughs> I already know. I saw. I know. You I saw, saw your it. review on Letterboxd.com. I get an alert. It wakes me up. I'm like, "What did he watch?" <laughs> oh, and he gave it two and a half stars. <laughs> Can't wait to discuss this with him. Annabelle 2. Gross. <laughs> Goes back to sleep. <laughs> Actually, one of my friends did say to me the one time when we were hanging out, she's like, I can't believe you gave five stars to Friday the 13th Part 7. <laughs> with real disdain oh, in his man. voice. I said, well, it's five stars to me. And that's out of five for your listeners. Well, that's so they understand. That's that's fair. You've you've brought up this argument multiple times. I think uh, I think that's okay. That that's your favorite uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie. Well, it's not my favorite, but I think a number of them get five stars. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big fan of you the Friday the Thirteenth. Five stars, five stars all around. He You're he so is he has given more Friday the Thirteenth movies five stars than uh, than not. Uh, what do you th- what do you think of the remake of Friday the Thirteenth? I didn't think it felt too much like Friday the Thirteenth. I I liked it. I thought it was decent. It I, was a fine movie. I'm gonna go ahead and say I liked it a lot. Mm, I didn't like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Do you want to know what my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie is? Jason X. I actually really <laughs> do like that one, but but no, it's uh, it's Jason Lives. 
Man, that's it. Jason Lives is my one. favorite one. Watched it on Halloween this year. Very, very big fan of that Jason movie. Mm, it's good. It's fast paced. It's funny. We're just going to talk about it's movies soundtrack. for another 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes because we've already talked <laughs> so for an hour. Stay so tuned. Uh, we're, we're just going to keep talking about movies. Oh, we're not going to read a story? Absolutely not. <laughs> I know you didn't. I know you didn't want to anyway. So I'm not. I'm not breaking your heart or anything. I think you always say that. You're like, hey, don't worry. The story's short, and I'm like. I wonder if he thinks I don't like reading out loud or something. No, I just, I've asked you before, would you rather talk about movies or read a story? And you're like, let's uh, talk about movies. Sometimes <laughs> oh, you might, you'd be, you'd be okay. trying to trick a person too. And like, uh, hey, do you want to read a story? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And you're like, all right, well, here it is. And it's like 300 pages. You're like, you're going to be here for a while, motherfucker. Well, you would see the part one under the title if that were the case, no, Mark. That never That's happened. True. That yeah. never happened. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Mahoning Drive-In. Ooh, that's a we, fun We we got to give the love to the Mahoning Drive-In. Uh, it saved my summer, I think, uh, because I would have been trapped inside a lot more. Mm -hmm. I think I definitely paid more than like a hundred bucks in in Mahoning Drive-In ticket sales. For a this good cause too. You're not year. like pouring in money to these huge theaters and it's a little itty bitty drive-in movie it's a special special place in the lehigh valley the only theater in the country that still plays 35 millimeter so that is beautiful at least it, did he say the only drive-in theater yes yeah yes yeah so they were because when i went to mad max uh, the stuff that played before the Mad Max screening, the guys were like, Oi, out here in Australia, we got like five movie theaters that still do 35mm. Uh. I want to come to America and see your 35mm. <laughs> G'day, mate. And then he locked And they off hopped around with their kangaroo, kangaroos and yeah. the boomerangs. Yeah, um, I, I went to the Mahoning so many fucking times. I'm looking at my wall right now where I have my... We, we last went to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre screening mm -hmm. on a Tuesday. We also went and saw The Thing, which was Thing from Another World into John Carpenter's The Thing. And then I also went and saw Evil Dead, and I got to meet Bruce Campbell, Woo, Bruce. Which, was, which was very fun. I said, oh, hey, Bruce. And he said, how you doing? I love your shirt. <laughs> I, said, where you I said thanks. It's uh, my Hawaiian shirt yeah. with all the flowers, and uh, and he was like, he was like, what kind of pose are you feeling? And I was like, I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna like look at you with my glasses down. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, all right, I can work with that. And then he was like, <laughs> he did with his big old chin, uh, chin grabbing pose. He did his chin grabbing pose. He's he's a good guy. He's a very funny guy. It's almost like. He turned it into a routine because he's such a good he's such a good performer. He like got up there and did like a, a forty minute like fucking stand up act just about working with Sam Raimi and his his time doing these movies and doing like Spider Man and stuff. Like it he he has such a wonderful career and a wonderful personality. He's been in so many fun things. Uh the stories that, that man has. Um, did Savini do anything at the Halloween shows? No, no. Savini didn't talk or anything? No. 
just leave? He was just there? He was just there. Like a, I mean, they was he, didn't, like, serving he, popcorn? He had or? nothing to do with the movies that they played, at least the well, night no, that I was but, there. But the night, the night that I skipped, he was supposed to, you know, he was the headliner for those two films. Yeah, well, I don't know. They just had him signing stuff in the concession area. And you didn't even say hi to Mr. Savini? <laughs> no. The guy who Come did on. the guy who did special effects for some of your favorite movies, Mark he's, Rooster. He's looking to talk to people who are buying his autograph, and I don't really buy autographs. Well, no, I, yeah. I really don't either. But I would have still said hi, just from across the way. No, I would have waited in line and been like, "Hey, I'm you did give him like that clap way, like hi, Mr. Savini." <laughs> <laughs> number one, number one, I would have been the there in costume, and I would have waved way. at him in my Jason costume, and I would have been like, "Hey," he would have been like, "Ah, oh, great, another, another, another one, another fucker, yeah, another fucker. stay over there, Jason guy, stay over there, gay boy." <laughs> so, uh, also, that was the first time I had seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a while, and that was a that was a fun flick that we that we also saw yeah. together it's good it's very good it was a fun one to see and that that was the only one that was playing that night because it was a tuesday right they do those tuesday sh- tuesday night single feature shows that they do with exhumed yeah they do that on tuesday and then they have a thursday night and then they have the weekends did they do the the weekdays last year no that was new so, that yeah. was new for this that's thing. a new thing specifically yeah, because of the pandemic that makes me happy to see that they've uh were oh, able they, to expand. They milked that and good, good Definitely. for them. Definitely. I they think to. I enjoyed the drive-ins this year because Mahoning usually plays kind of the, a variety of different things, not necessarily new movies, but even the local, other local drive-ins played cult classics like, you know, trilogies and, you know, Back to the Future and Batman and all those fun, nostalgic movies that I would that it's Indiana Jones, all those nice ones that you grow up with, and kind of the reasons why you fell in love with the movies, and to see them in a drive-in is a more special, I would say, than just seeing it in the local theater. I've had the pleasure of seeing so many good movies um, replayed in film at that theater that I was not alive to see the first time around. Like I'm even wearing a houseu sweater right now with no and, pants and, just the shirt and i and sh- and i had seen Hausu in film at the mahoning drive-in um just like two or three years ago and the crazy thing about it is Hausu is a um i want to say korean flick mm-hmm. and they had a separate projector doing the subtitles so that everyone can follow along. Oh, that's cool. So they had the regular 35mm running of the 78 film, and then they had a different projector doing the subtitles underneath. And I remember being like, I'm so glad I don't have to sit here and listen to this in their native language and just kind of assume what's going on. Yeah, subtitles um, help whenever you don't speak I had only seen Hausu twice in DVD format before seeing it, at the drive-in, and uh, I would not have been able to recollect as much as the plot uh, to make that an enjoyable viewing at one o'clock in the morning. Oh gosh! Um, yeah, I say so. Yeah, that was that was my first time at Mahoning, I believe. Uh, I saw, um, I saw Suspiria, the original, and I saw Hausu. 
And I love I love that twofer, and I'll give that a little shout out as long as I can because the Mahoning plays some really fun shit. I think after um, after the success that the thing had, I think they kept saying that like they want to do that thing double feature like every year now. Oh yeah, because oh, they because they sold out like both shows. I would easily go every year to watch that movie. I love that movie so much. I think also in the Mahoning, they definitely have a following where they really get into it. Like, concession stand area is fully decorated. <laughs> and they, people they did are this in thing costume. recently. Yeah, where they, they have themed food. They did this thing recently where um, I'm even standing on the one set right next to concessions in the photo um, where they just they have the side of the building and they've dressed it up as the. The front of the cabin from Evil Dead, the front of the house from Nightmare on Elm Street, um, a, de- a post-apocalyptic desert for Mad Max. Um, I remember for uh, for the Toxic Avenger stuff, they had a bunch of barrels and, and zombie shit all over there. It was they, they're just they're fun people and and they're passionate people. Um, I we'll we'll plug the uh, the documentary I haven't watched uh, at the drive-in. Oh, you still didn't watch that? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, about no. the Mahoning? About yeah. the Mahoning. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Um, just shout that out so that people can watch uh, about this drive-in that we go to and about the people that work there. Uh, your old pal Virgil, back again. And uh, <laughs> Mark Mark gets a real hoot out of out of your old pal Virgil. They Each, each of the, the guys who runs the drive-in have their things that they always say when they get on the mic and have their routine oh, that they go through. okay. And uh, you just get, I've heard it so many times this summer that when one of them starts talking, I could I know what they're going to say almost. You know? And then he laughs under his breath. It's so funny. He just, you'll turn to Mark and he'll just be like... <laughs> it's, it's a fun time, though. Um, I, I was told that the one guy who works register drives eight hours every weekend to work there. Yeah. And he stays with a friend to work those three days, and then he drives back to do his job Monday through Friday. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah, that's love. You can camp. Overnight passes. You can camp. Haven't done that yet. No, I haven't done that yet. Don't think I would do that, though. I love myself a drive-in, but sleeping there... I I love camping. I would do it. I slept there when drinking I, would I didn't tent. I didn't you know have a tent or an RV I wasn't at partying all night it was like I crashed out drunk during the last oh, yeah. movie if I could get yeah. like a car or two of guys I would absolutely do the whole tent and the you know the the battery and stuff I, I would I would absolutely stay over there overnight I just think um living so close I don't really have. Sure, you don't really have to. Yeah. Do they? I've never seen like them actually say there's like a time where you can actually leave. Like I, I was curious about that. Like, okay, you have the pass where you can stay overnight, but it's like, once dawn comes, you better get out of here. No, they allow people to stay on site till like noon or something like that. Yeah. They even offer to stay over on their Tuesday night shows. That's cool. uh, Which is kind of crazy i mean yeah that's a little bit longer i mean i think it's literally just because some people drive multiple fucking hours to be there like mosley was there on a fucking tuesday mosley was there on the last showing of the the year which was a tuesday i'm talking about bill mosley from uh it was a sunday was it a sunday yeah so uh from texas chainsaw massacre was it two Two. and uh house of a thousand corpses 
Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Bill Mosley was just there um, checking out Mahoning Drive-In. And, you know, for the life of me, that wasn't even a really, you know, adver- super advertised event, um, you know, on my radar. But, like, you have these big names, these these wonderful people coming out to this small fucking place in the middle of Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania, just because it's a huge drive-in. Like, think of all the fans you know, one guy drives eight hours just to work there. Think of the people who come there to watch shit, you know. Definitely. I remember turning to someone when I was in line for the Evil Dead photo, and they were like, yeah, we drove, like, six hours to be here. And I was like, Jesus. So like, yeah, outside, outside like, Pittsburgh. And I was like, fuck. Okay, yeah, that's a long drive. Were yeah. You, have you, when, so, I've, I lived in this, I've lived in this area all my life. I'm in my mid-30s, and I've never heard of the Mahoning until last year. Have you guys been going to the Mahoning for, like, a long time, or, like... I think I've been going there since 2015, which was maybe a year after they started doing the retro thing. Okay. Because I was seeing ads for it on Facebook, and I'm like, is this real? Like, there's a drive-ins playing Big Trouble in Little China, and it's supposedly around here somewhere? And then one of my friends was visiting a friend up in Jim Thorpe, Lehigh area, mm-hmm. and said, mentioned this drive-in. He's like, it looks like it's closed or something. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're doing, like, 80s movies on 35 millimeter there. And uh, so I, I'd never, you know, I, I grew up around here, too. Yeah. And I always knew of the yeah. other drive-ins. I guess maybe because Mahoning is a little bit more of a drive but I never knew of them when they were doing their normal yeah, shows, never when they were like a first-run any... theater. But once they started doing this, the word-of-mouth kind of slowly caught on. I'd say it's definitely a word-of-mouth type of a place, The first, sure. Yeah, the first show I went there was at the end of the summer, 2015, for their what became their annual Camp Blood show, where they show slasher movies. And when I pulled up, the guy at the box office was like, how did you hear about this? And I told him, and then I went in, and it's like, it was packed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so people have figured out. And it's it's not really a bad location if you figure that there's a certain audience for 35mm slasher movies and the kind of the odd stuff that they have yeah. become yeah, known oh, for. That people come from New York, from New Jersey, from Philadelphia. So it's not a bad location, uh, you know, considering that there are those metropolitan areas within driving distance. Yeah, it's kind of the... No, we're, we're definitely in a good spot, yeah. you know, uh, when you think about what... Where you could drive in even a two-hour sprint, you, you get you get to oh a, yeah definitely you get to some major cities around here. So I think like my first time going there was twenty, I want to say seventeen, but I don't, I I hadn't heard about it, um, only until I want to say somewhere between twenty fourteen and twenty sixteen because. I have a friend who kind of, uh, I think he works for Slant. Um, he does, he does movie reviews for Slant magazine. Um, he kind of goes to different theaters all in the area. He, he'll go into New York just to go to the Alamo Draft House. Um, he, he goes all around the area to see, uh, you know, movies and retro movies and retro theaters and, you know, see the official 35 prints. He was a big fan of Exhumed. Uh, he knew a lot about that stuff. Um, he introduced me to the Emmaus Theater. Um, 
I haven't had him on the show just because he's a bit of a wet sandwich. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? You know, like, you know, you you like your sandwiches relatively dry. If it's, you know, if it's a wet sandwich, it's a little soggy. Oh, that that makes sense. So when he told me about a drive-in that does, you know, like, obscure 80s horror, and I was, like, immediately, like, sold. And I remember watching, like, watching the lineup for years, going, well, I already saw that one. And I haven't seen the other one, but I don't know if I went on a drive just to go re-watch one movie and then see something new after it. Um, and at the time, I was either living in Philly or northeastern PA, so it was like a hike where I would not want to drive back afterwards. Ooh. So it was tough for me to kind of go out, and I don't think I pulled the trigger until the Suspiria Houseu double feature because that was um, one movie that I had seen... Um, but but never really remember um, until you like watch it and how crazy it is, uh, which is how to. And then I had never seen Suspiria, and I know I wanted to get into the like Italian Jallo shit, so um, that was like my first time watching that, which was really cool. Which which was your first time there? Which it one was, was that? it? Was last year. That's terrible. I forget what movie it was. Maybe. I remember that we saw Jurassic Park and Jaws, Jaws, and that was the double feature. I think there was one time before that, but that was definitely, I'm going to say, the second movie I saw. For some reason, I can't remember the first, but that's okay. Keep it up. (laughs) Yeah, Jaws and Jurassic Park, I think they do that. They've done that a few times. Oh, have they? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It's a good twofer. It is. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the... Unfortunately, the concession stand area wasn't open due to COVID, but inside they have, like, the vintage (laughs) games, and they have, uh, you know, like, photography areas where you can, you know, dress up, and, you know, like, Jurassic Park, they had, like, dinosaurs running around, Uh and those things I really enjoy. They have different video game systems up, and and VHS tapes you can buy. The VHS tapes, yeah, and the vinyls. Blu-rays and shit. Um, yeah. They always seem to have something something fun that you might not have seen before. And I know Mark Rooster always, like, walks up and looks at the Blu-rays. Just, you know, he's always on the lookout for that new, that next that next good grab. One. I got a couple but, of interesting ones there the other weekend. Oh, yeah. I, bet you, I yeah. bet you did. I have a couple we could watch. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Very interesting titles. I'm not surprised at all. What What was your haul? Well, I just picked up two movies there. One called Grandmother's House. <laughs> uh, Not Grandma's House. Like Grandmother's Grandma's boy. House. Some kids go to stay with their grandparents after their mother has died. Only when they get there, they find out that their mother isn't dead. She's just been in a asylum and is now on the loose. And they kind of keep seeing her around there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the other one I got is has three titles. So I got these from... <laughs> I got Three these titles. from the uh, vinegar syndrome table. Okay. And same it's people who got, did uh, the the graduation day that we just watched. Yeah, they they distribute a lot of a lot of good stuff on home video. Um, this other movie has three titles, so it's got the slip cover, and one title is on the front, and it's called I think the Dead Come Home, and then you turn around, it's got the other title. Tombs, uh, house on Tombstone Hill. <laughs> then you open it, you take off the slipcover, and oh, it's got the third one. title, how it was actually released. And uh, it's just one movie. It's just one movie. What was the actual title? 
Oh, I can't. It, it, dead dude's party or something like that. <laughs> That's what, they, ridiculous. They changed it. That's Why? an evolution. That's they, an evolution. It's got right three there. different <laughs> titles. A lot of those movies had different titles in the eighties because they <laughs> they would be filmed with one title, That's then the an distributor would get it and change the title to something they yeah. thought that might be more marketable. So the movie, they the distributor released it with this. Dead Dudes in the House. That's what it's called. Dead, <laughs> dead dudes, dudes in the House. Exactly. That's exactly what they want you to think. And on the cover, they've got a little cartoon house, kind of like the house party Great. cover with yeah. Kid and Play, you remember? Of course. And uh, then it's got four hip-hop-looking kind of dudes on the cover who are nowhere in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty interesting. But yeah, oh, wow. you, you guys might enjoy either of those movies. Uh, I'm, I'm sure all about would. dead dudes in the house, man. I'm sure we would. That now. title sold me. Yeah, it's it's pretty stupid. But, Next uh, time, dead dudes in the house. Stupid, wicked. Uh, is there is there any other like last minute like movies or shout outs that you guys wanted to give mention to? I know I talked about this earlier today, and it still plagues me. Bly Manor. We did. We talked about Bly Manor at work for a little bit. I I cannot begin to express how disappointed with that series I yeah. was. I know you've already talked about on the show, which then like sparks my like, because I a hundred percent or maybe ninety nine point nine percent agree with you on regards to how disappointing <laughs> Bly Manor was. Have you seen it, Marker? Yeah, I thought that just like Hill House, the first half it was much better than the second half. Yeah. Well. Uh, like way like that I don't even think that that could even that's like slightly under it could have been something totally different as far as like a Hill House brand like the anthology that it's supposed to be because there was it, it was just so disconnected I felt nothing for almost I don't everyone. know if I necessarily agree with Mark though the episode that like brought me back into caring was the flashback episode with the chick who played Theo in the first season. I really liked learning about the, the lady in the lake and how she kind of haunted the entire yeah, that, residence. That's like episode eight. That's that's in like a ten episode season. That couldn't even be it's like episode nine. It might have even be, even been the That was the that was the second, second to last, last episode. episode, yeah. And that was my favorite out of all of them. Because yeah, it's the so only it one that felt good. spooky. It was the only story it was, that felt a class, it was a classic ghost story. The first couple episodes had some creepy stuff. You probably disagree emphatically. You probably yeah, looked no. away and missed it. That's all I can yeah, say. <laughs> yeah, I probably looked away and missed it. Like, oh, you missed it. You made me rewind it? Nah, forget it. Were you sleeping again? <laughs> Finally. <Yeah. laughs> Finally, no, this just, movie is getting, yeah. getting to where I, I want, want it to be. Finally. You sleeping the whole time. What do you mean, Finally. No, I just, uh, Bly Manor, uh, just nothing, nothing really got you there as far as caring about the people, and I'm, whenever I watch something, I don't want to have to think about anything. If I have to think too hard, I'm not into it. I just kind of <laughs> like to, for it to shock me, and, and, um, as far as the content, and <laughs> it was very predictable. I knew what was going to happen during so most of this it. This is what she wants in a show. Not something that's going to make her think too much, but something shocking. Like, right in the middle. Right in the middle. Like, I, I want to be like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I feel like the Hill House is the perfect example of that, though. It was... It was oh, 100%. It was emotional, but terrifying. Yes, you you laughed, 
very not all the characters <laughs> you, laugh, you are, cry you not scared, all the characters are likable in fact and... most of the characters are assholes a lot of them get other people killed you know it's not trying to say that the first season is is perfect in any way but i think it, in its imperfections that series feels more genuine i think when you look at bly manor it feels like a product it feels like someone was saying Hey, we need to we need to try to do Hill House yeah. again. We need to we need to come up with something we can try to make feel like that, and it just falls so fucking flat because the story is just not the same. The turning of the screw is not the haunting of Hill House. the haunting of Hill House. It's not it's not the haunting. You know, it is just it's not the same in in level of storytelling. the The experience of possessed kids versus a house that generally wants to like eat your soul. You know, they're two different feelings. Yeah, there's nothing good. scary about the house in no, Bly nothing. Manor. It's n- it's not the house, and it's arguably not even the ghosts. The kids sit at the forefront of that storytelling, and they hold all of the secrets, and and they are predictable. They are very good though, especially but, the girl. Yes, I was just gonna say that the girl the, was very. They good. have both seasons have consistently hired very good children, good actors. children actors, and Agreed. fun fact, little girl. She is Peppa Pig. That is her claim oh, really? to fame. She's Peppa Pig, yeah. Simply splendid. Yes. <laughs> but besides that, for all you ladies out there, I'm just going to tell you, Peter Quinn. Everyone's got a lady boner over Peter Quinn. Is that Argue the Oliver me on Jackson? That. It is. Oliver Jackson. He's, yes. He's Who wonderful. knew that he's Scottish wonderful. accent was really his? I, I am knew? waiting. I am waiting for uh, Oliver Jackson to get cast as some type of like superhero or something like. Like I would love for him to play like Daredevil or something. Like he is so fucking good. I feel like he there is was so something great. recently that I heard and I was like, up. Oh, that's that's it. He's gonna skyrocket. Big well, they, time after this. They wanted him for Moon Knight, but they gave it to Oscar Isaac, um, which is in my opinion, a much better suited actor for the role. Um, Oscar Isaac is amazing. Oscar Isaac might be one of my favorite people. I'm trying to figure out... Yo, R.I.P. Sean Connery. He just, yeah. He just, he just... 90 was, years old. He, yeah, he uh, like a fart a in the wind, one. just just fucking disappeared one day. Well, he, uh, that's what happens when you retire, you know? Sure, he's well, been retired for he's 20 been, years. I think the League of League Extraordinary Gentlemen, and he said, I'm never doing a fucking it. movie ever again. That's it. I'm done with this shit. I'll shoot you all later. Yeah. Goodbye. He, uh, <laughs> is that how he went out? <laughs> so long, in his biography. My I'll last will and testament. Goodbye, fuckers. Sheesh. I she fucked your mother fuck last on night. The other side. Any uh, any any other <laughs> last minute <laughs> remarks from Mark Rooster or Alley Cat? No. Mm. <laughs> no. How we say no? I know. Yeah, Mark is always the one where he's like, "Nope, done. See you." So good. so Mark Rooster, tell me, we're going towards episode two hundred. I believe you've been on a handful of episodes so far. Uh, do you like to read stories? No. <laughs> and that's, there we go. Yes, I do. That's yes, the I end. Like no, don't no. lie. Don't lie to him. That's I think end. you only have me that's read the end of the episode on right there. You say it. You say no. That's what I'm going to No. No. You heard it here first, folks. He doesn't. We're not reading stories because he doesn't want to. <laughs> you see Mark Rooster on the podcast. He ain't reading no fucking he ain't stories. Reading shit. He's going to be talking about movies. And if he is. 
it's still not going to be too many words because <laughs> don't worry Mark I'll have Brewster notes I'll have notes for you next time I'll have notes for you I'll write my dialogue for you write my dialogue I wait till the days end when the moon is high and then I'll rise with the tide with the lust for life out. I'm messing on me, I won't run into horror. And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore. I'll wait till days end when the moon is high and then I'll rise with the tide with the lust for life out. I'm messing on me, I won't run into horror. And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore.